Welcome to the EMA APM Digest podcast. APM Digest and leading IT research firm Enterprise Management Associates are teaming up on this new podcast focused on the latest technologies impacting IT operations. Since 1996, EMA's expert industry analysts have provided deep insight across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. Learn more about EMA research, analysis, and consulting services at enterprisemanagement.com. And now, Episode 1 of the EMA APM Digest podcast. Hi, this is Dan Twing with EMA. I'm President and COO, and uh, with me is... Will Shepner. Will, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Dan. I'm excited to be here for this podcast. My name is Will Shepner. I'm a director of research with EMA that's focused on application performance management, BI analytics, and data integration. Great. And Will and I have been having some conversations about some of the big trends in the space application performance management and network performance management and what's been going on there. I cover automation and that we find is is starting to play more in there as well. So Will, what are your big trends that you see happening for 2023 in this space? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So the like six big trends that we're seeing across the board that really spans multiple areas within technology. And if you can look at that full stack, really the first one I think is observability that everyone's talking about and really the changes there and, and the impact. Next, uh, around automation, everything that we're seeing is really, it's one of the top priorities of CIOs around automation, whether it's process, workflow, decision, intelligence, it's really is geared about automation to drive and reduce costs of IT resources. And then we would be at a miss to not mention machine learning and AI and the impact that it has that we're seeing across the board in technology. And then challenges of data integration. This is one of the bigger ones that I'm seeing. Obviously, it's one of the areas that I focus on. But when we combine data integration and data prep, uh, it's one of the biggest areas that companies are trying to tackle because it really then builds into everything around application performance development and how you're going to use data, how you're going to drive that customer 360 view. And then lastly, not a new thing, but we're seeing continuing increase is that low code, no code, um, and being able to have it where everyone's able to drive changes and you don't need to have really expensive experts in your organizations to do application development or, or data analytics, those type of things. Right. And that for me, I, I saw 2022 observability came up as a topic. Automation was probably the hotter topic for the bulk of the year. But I think as we move into 2023, that that's going to shift more towards observability. But the other five trends you talk about are all sort of supporting that achieving greater observability. I know a lot of folks sort of ask the question, and, and I do as well, you know, how is observability just not a new term for monitoring? What really is the difference there? And uh, I'd be interested in, in your thought. You know, for me, I know it has a lot to do with just greater complexity, a larger number of environments and, and so forth. And maybe even the time slices that we're monitoring become shorter because there's so many more changes and things happening. What, what do you see that, you know, if someone said to you, why is observability different maybe than traditional monitoring? Yeah, no, it's, and it is a fair question because it's out there. Everyone's throwing it out. Is it just another buzzword? Is it another 
just word to describe monitoring. And what we're seeing is that it's not really defined in the industry today. And even I'm looking at research in this uh, first part of this new year and asking um, folks to help me define it because I don't think it is really clearly defined. People are still using that historic, just the monitoring of traces, metrics, and logs and calling it now observability. But to me, that's not what it's about. It's when you're using uh, being able to be predictive and auto remediation in in your alerts and your events, um, using things like ML and AI and especially automation to really drive that difference. Because we know our teams are just inundated with alerts. Where I came from before UMA, over 8 million security events a day. So if you're still just doing that monitoring of your traces, metrics, and logs, you're really not making a difference. So observability really gets into that change of using that automation to be predictive and drive not only a difference for your internal teams, but then also being able to auto-remediate issues before they impact your customer. And, and I think that's the key. Right. And I think you monitor systems. Uh, to me, the observability is also, you know, how easily is it to observe systems? So mm, yeah. you, can, you can monitor, but do you have enough data points? And by the time you get enough data points on these modern, complex, multi-cloud environments, it's probably too many things to monitor. So observability for me then becomes... Do we have all the right KPI metrics? Do we have the sources of data under monitoring, but you can't just scan it as a human. You really need that bubble up, right? You know what you what can bite you that you need to watch for, but you don't know what you don't know at this point, right? And so the machine learning and the automation helps you process greater amounts of data to find the things that you really should pay attention to. So I think observability to me is do you have enough windows into the systems and then when you do do you have a way to manage that because if you have enough windows into these modern complex systems it's an awful lot to pay attention to so then how do you make automate the process of filtering out what you should care about oh yeah i couldn't agree more i mean and that's why when we talk about those top six trends data integration, data prep was in there because really being able to have that visibility in the right data and get it into the right place to be able to use it in the right way is such a challenge. And we talk about today now being in a hybrid multi-cloud environment and just sheer complexity of what cloud has brought to our environments versus before when things were on-prem and data centers. It's a huge complexity challenge that, that companies are facing today. So in that vein, is application performance management uh, in the past, is observability the replacement for that? Or is it just augmenting other tools that we've used historically to, to keep track of things? No, oh, I think that's actually the key, really. And I should actually mention that before, that that's the other shift that we're seeing where it's going from monitoring to observability is before monitoring was historically that focus on infrastructure and really looking at like network and your physical hardware or now your virtual systems. It's now moving into where 
observability is having more of a focus on that APM space to really have that impact. Is it going to impact your customer? Is it going to impact your company's uh, bottom line and looking at even ROI in that aspect? So I think that is one of the huge fundamental shifts as we're defining observability, moving from historically that infrastructure monitoring to really now having APM take a forefront in observability to really look at both that application, but ultimately really looking at business outcomes and, and the impact to your customer, because really that's what it's, it's about. And that I think is really that primary shift of why we're going from monitoring to observability. So if I hear you right, it's the concept of taking a holistic end-to-end -end approach with the customer in mind rather than what's the status of multiple pieces of equipment. It, Correct. That's all still important. You got to know all that, but you have to carry the thought all the way to the customer and think about holistically what is the outcome. Absolutely. And you're hearing terms thrown out there around observability being that unified observability, or even I've heard, which I like, is that full stack observability. So it's taking just Dan, exactly what you said, that holistic approach across the board to look at all the way from end to end. And of course, then the topics that I spend a lot of time on the automation topics play a big role in that because first of all, the rate of change is so high. So, you know, even just to keep track of is every new thing that's being pushed out observable, right? From uh, if you're going to make this holistic, then the process of change has to be wrapped into this holistically as well, right? I think the rate of change and, and as we've seen the rise in DevOps practices um, can compli uh, complicate observability if you don't plan for it through the whole process. And then the automation can come into how you can make that happen consistently. The EMA APM Digest podcast will be back in 20 seconds. If you're a vendor in the IT app space, sponsoring an EMA APM Digest podcast is a great way to connect your brand to the hot topics that matter most to your customers. If you would like to learn more about sponsoring the podcast, email Pete at apmdigest.com. And now back to the podcast. What are you seeing with customers about the rate of change and how that's made the goal of observability either harder or easier? Yeah, I would say, and it's also why I was excited about doing this podcast with you, just having the expertise in automation, because when we tie these things together, you're not going to get to that point without having that automation. And to your question, I think it's twofold, because you're looking at automation, and I'll say really those ML models to drive automation on two sides, one within your, your IT teams, but then also as you stay with the, with the customer. And to kind of break that down a little bit, because our teams, as we know, are just inundated and they get, everyone knows that alert fatigue. So if they're not really focused on what they need to, they're going to be missing the key things. So the only way you're going to be able to do that is to drive it through automation, to really have the teams focus on what they need to be able to focus on and weed out all the extra stuff. And it's a lot more than just having thresholds as far as your alerts, because we know that it's a lot more than that doesn't always work. So you really have to have that automation piece in there to point out the, the really important key things using ML models to, to have that have that attention where it needs to. 
And then from the customer th side is to be able to really drive change before it impacts the customer. Because if the customer is already feeling that pain point, then it's too late. And we know in this digital world that we're in, everything's at a touch of the finger and even a minute slowness or impact to that experience. Customers have so many options to go somewhere else that you really have to be able to remediate issues before that impact. Because once it hits the customer, it's too late. And in a digital right. world, and, yeah, they want it right away. And digital transformation, it's great. But I, my fear for a lot of organizations is that what I've witnessed is that things that used to be problems that you could fix in a few hours wouldn't impact customers. Yeah. But one of the outcomes of digitalization is that we've, we've exposed everything to the customer, which is excellent when everything works. But, you know, I think in the early going of, of digital transformation, a lot of companies were exposing internal things to customers for that was important to the customer relationship, but then the customers would know about the problems before anyone inside the company would. If your infrastructure isn't ready for that much transparency to the customer, you're going to ruin the experience with them, not improve it, right? Agreed. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we, I just had this experience last night. There's, you know, weather recently in the country and the holiday season, there's been a lot of disruption to the airline industry. They're overwhelmed with rebookings and all of this. And, and we were trying to get a status on a flight from Southwest Airlines and their systems were just cratering. And, and I also had a flight coming up on United and same thing. I saw them both overwhelmed, but then sometime last night, it was like, I was kind of on a personal rant about, Hey, we have containerized environments and multi-cloud and you can burst. And how is it that they can't keep up? Right. And then. 10 minutes later, I went into Southwest and I had never seen an app perform so good. I mean, it was like, clearly it took them longer than I wanted them to, but they figured it out and they got more capacity. And I think, you know, that's where the automation can close the timeline, right? Between, oh, we're having an issue that's impacting customers and we fixed it. So the customers are getting the experience they want because magically, over about 30 minutes from when I first saw the problem, Southwest figured something out because they put a lot more compute power against it and I'd never seen it that snappy. And yet, you know, the situation hadn't changed, right? They still probably had thousands and thousands of people every, you know, every minute trying to, to get flight statuses, but they did something to their infrastructure to fix the, the bottlenecks. Right. And I guess in reality, you know, over 40 minutes or so, that was a pretty quick response. Yeah, I would. And as you were saying that, it made me think I would love to just do a podcast at some point just on digital transformation and the changes that we're seeing across the board. Yeah. I mean, but that, that customer experience, you've exposed all this stuff. Absolutely. And, if, you know, so you've given them you know, more information, but it impacts them, you know, more. They see these problems sooner. So if you don't have all those observability touch points and then a way to, like you said, process all that data and ML is great to help you find them, but even then you don't have a, a, the capacity of staff to act on all of those. That's where the automation needs to come in and help you take the actions in a timely manner with the results of all of that data. Right. And I think, you know, the automation side of this is maybe 
still either lacking or people don't trust it. You know, a lot of times when folks first roll out automation, you go through this, make a recommendation, but I still want a human asset to consider the suggested or prescribed action. Don't just take the action. But as you come to trust the automation more, I think uh, observability is going to lead to let the automation take the action and then just be aware of what actions were taken. That lag time to even let human uh, interaction sort of do I agree with the prescribed automation that we're in where I think we're living in a period where folks are still testing the waters on some of that and they still want that checkpoint. But I think the next evolution is we learn to trust the automation to take the action in a more timely fashion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So do you see the automation playing a bigger role with, with some of the folks that you're working with? I do. What I'm also seeing is really when we talk about people throwing out terms and and around automation, or I'll back up and say ML models, then we're really questioning, is it truly an ML model or is it really just a highly run script of the machine doing what, what the scripter told it to do? So okay. I, I don't really see a lot of what is out there as truly true automation. Okay. But I do see one, when the companies actually get to that point of actually running the automation, then that is going to be the difference. And that is really what's going to drive that change as what we're talking about in, in a digital world. I see some some companies doing it, but I would say that probably the majority are still running really, really good scripts. Uh, and I don't know if it's really truly to that point of automation that we're talking about. If we were, if we were gonna be doing this uh, a year from now, and we've, we've had the benefit of, of 2023, it seems as, as though we're aware that we need something better than traditional monitoring. We need, more data points and, and, and we need to be able to observe the entirety of the systems, but we're kind of at the beginning of that journey. So where do you think we, we uh, end up uh, a year from now? What kinds of, of changes do you think will happen uh, over the course of the next 12 months? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think really digital transformation will continue to be the forefront driving all of this and driving the change as well as the complexity of a of a hybrid multi-cloud environment. So we're not seeing that the data centers are going away. People are moving obviously to the cloud that is so prominent, but it's still going to be in a hybrid environment. And those things are what's going to drive this change as far as that complexity. So I think in the next year, you're going to see really that increase of automation and ML and AI models really driving a significant difference in a digital transformation world where things like observability will truly come to be what it should. And that's having, allowing the technology departments to be able to be proactive in remediating issues before it impacts the customer. And I would say in even as rapid as the next year, if companies are not moving into that space, then that's going to be that def- that dividing factor on whether they're going to be succeeding or if they're going to get passed by their competition. Right. And I, I think we're, we're also going to see as, as the automation gets deployed more, it will be, you know, there'll be a period of learning to trust it, but uh, as, as folks have more of these low code, no code tools, they can adjust and adapt as it goes along. But I think we're, we're going to see a lot of maturity over the next year in, in this space. And if you're building systems now, I think it's key to have that thought about 
is observability being built in as new things are being deployed so that you have that holistic view. And so if you're working on development this year, that's from my angle where you really need to be thinking about, am I putting in all of the right points to capture the right data, even if the automation hasn't caught up yet to, to take advantage of it? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It, it's an interesting time. It's an exciting time to see all the changes that's going on. Well, I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to talk about this over the course of the year, and I'll be anxious to hear what we learned from the, the research that you have just in terms of trying to define observability uh, better here. And when we get that data, we'll, uh, we'll certainly want to talk about that as well. But uh, I think, you know, it'll be great to, to catch up with you on this topic again later in the year uh, on another podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I enjoy this. I just love talking about this and I just appreciate the time to do this with you, Dan. It's been a lot of fun. Great. Thanks, Will. And uh, watch for future uh, EMA podcasts on APM Digest.